0: hello and welcome back to the show it's so great to have you back friends as we talk about the rest of season one of longmire on netflix this was a show that eli chose he was really excited to share with me i had never watched it and have to say earned through these episodes of the first season all the way through the end of season one. Um, but like I said, Eli, this was your show that you chose. So by all means,
1: take us away here. Take us to the Wild West, out to Wyoming and Montana, Absaroka County. What a fascinating, magical place, fraught with so much going on. It's pretty uh, pretty interesting how much we get into in this first season. So we are here, Steve, really to talk about the whole first season, but especially episodes four through ten. And like you said, these really pick up. And there's something about um, just the the pacing of this first season that it really just picks up speed and kind of um, all of a sudden there you are left uh, at the end of the first season. So uh, before we dive into some of these episodes or specific, you know, themes throughout, um, like you said, I was very excited to bring this. And uh, I may have mentioned this is one of my favorite streaming shows and probably one of my favorite all-time shows that I've just discovered through, you know, just clicking around, exploring, browsing, or mindlessly crawling for hours on end, all the different streaming options. So uh, thanks to the creators and uh, original content from Netflix and others creating a show like this that hits on so many notes. So for me, I just, you know, really love as I talked about a little before, the depth, the setting, the way that it feels like the wild west but it's set in, you know, today, modern times. And then it has something else and there is a both a richness to all the characters and supporting characters and also, Steve, I think you would probably agree a little bit of a, a juiciness here, and without it going, you know, full sort of like Twin Peaks, like almost mock like soap. Uh, e. It stays, I think, much more true um, to sort of an honest, you know, modern television take, but at the same time. It is uh, it is fun, it's juicy, and as a backdrop to the setting and the you know the beautiful, inspiring spiritual setting and animals and nature, there is a lot of sordid things going on. And then you have this rich cast of characters and just the drama and juiciness within their personal lives. So, it's almost this three layer or maybe even more than that but these you know three different layers and for me very few shows are able to do all of that in an episodic TV series. Yeah, they
0: definitely they do a great job of honoring all these characters that they've introduced us to and giving everyone a rich backstory or just some depth. Uh, even the secretary, I think, like there was, they didn't go like into her past, but there was a crime. One of the episodes, she was close or knew the person that died and was very like emotional and connected. And it's just sort of that sense of it being kind of a small community, even though it's this vast land or the county itself is is very right. big. In my, at least as it appears to me, I would think it's very big. It seems very big, especially yeah. with the reservation. But, yeah, I think uh no stone left unturned as far as character development, and you know, for all, we're just talking about season one of Longmire generally uh really well constructed show i I get why you like it so much it's such a different take on these procedural cop or detective type shows, and we've talked about that before, moreover. What is really fascinating, was fascinating to me about it was how they laid these breadcrumbs of this sort of darker backstory situation with his wife. Mm -hmm. Um, And by the time it got to the final episode of the season where you sort of figure out what that was all about, it goes all the way back from that opening scene in the pilot where his wife's... You know, in the tea box, he has her remains in the tea box. And it's just like the loss of his wife and this reveal being that.
1: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
0: It was a much darker story. It wasn't just that she just died of cancer or whatever. Um, so I found that to be really effective and really compelling and it was... Would have been again so easy in this age of streaming just to keep going with season two because they certainly really left you with that cliffhanger of <laughs> that reveal of of what went down with his wife and and there's still so much to figure out there. Mm-hmm. Um, what him, what his friend Sweet Lou Diamond Phillips had to do with it, like what his role was in it, and just the. And I have to say, for me, you know, I just want to kind of highlight the daughter in this. I feel like her arc and her storyline was really interesting, and her and that kind of climactic scene with them in the in the final episode of season one. Mm. Um, She's a good actress, and just was was it was really kind of like what like you got so uh, upset for me for not telling you that I was like hooking up with Bryce and branch. Sorry, branch. And it was a B word brands, branch, Bryce. And it was really like, I felt for her. (laughs) Like it was like, it was like you're, you're not telling her about, you know, everyone's holding something back here and that, that's kind of cool. Everyone is like holding cards to their chest not telling everyone the full story here. And that goes with all of them. Um, mm. And the female deputy, what was her name? Val. Not Val. Who's Val? <laughs> <laughs> um, and the, the female deputy and like her husband... You know, just all these complex, rich characters that are kind of coming from behind the scenes. Yeah. Um Branch's dad, the pressure around him to like run. I mean, I could keep going, but I, I just think it. the show is so expansive um, with all these characters and you get to know them and you come to know even the people on the reservation and um, all the times that there were Episodes and plots devoted to them and meeting the people on the council. And it just
1: it just keeps unraveling and getting richer and richer. Yeah. Yeah, it really does. And everything's so interconnected, right? Um, you sort of get the lay of the land initially, and then through the rest of the season, everything just gets really kind of intermingled and commingled and confused. And, um, you know, we talked a little bit about, um, I think one of the first episodes, I can't remember about just how Walt had like no power on the res and some of the backstory there. And, um, you know, just this interesting County, right. They're a sheriff department. So it's like County versus city town versus, um, you know, the reservation, jurisdiction, all these fascinating things. And then you see, um, you know, there's the, the manhunt, well, really just like, you know, body hunt, looking for uh, Malcolm Eagletree, I believe is his name, the, the tribe, you know, council president who got murdered. And Walt shows up with uh, Vic, is her name. Vic, right. <laughs> Victoria. not um, Val, Vic. Vic. Um and that exchange with him and Matthias, you know, the the acting or, you know, current chief of police, that's a fascinating one as well, where he's like, What, you know, what brings you here, Sheriff? And Sheriff just says flatly, gunshots on the radio. And the Matthias and they're both are just, as you said, still like holding their cards, still like playing it close to the vest. And then Matthias says, well, we could use the manpower. You take this quadrant, right? And then, of course, you find out later it was actually a setup. And so Matthias knew he'd cut, you know, like, it's fascinating. It's really fascinating, both the, like, um, actual dynamic of this area, which we have to, you know, to some degree assume was, you know, researched and somewhat accurate. Uh, But then the writing of this show, right? So it's Um, it's a TV show, it's a fictional show, and it's really well-written, it's really well-acted, and it's just really well-conceived. So it's a compelling setting, um, and then the story itself gets you even more sucked into these intricacies, these relationships, and these histories. And you uh, brought up the daughter, Katie, and um, how fascinating yeah, her relationship with her father is, and um, similarly, you know, Branch and his father, you mentioned that. Um, you know, I didn't really think about sort of like the parallels of just like, um, dads have to be, you know, strong John Wayne-esque cowboys. And so kids bear the brunt of that because dads don't tell them the truth. Dads don't tell them they love them. Dads, whatever, you know. And of course with, you know, these are different stories, right? And, um, and Branch and his dad, there's a lot more there, right? That, mm. um, that may or may not come to light if we keep watching. Um, but yeah, you can tell, you know, Branch, I think just being a, a guy, right? Being a man in this Wild West world you know, he's expected to be like his dad, right, in a way. And Walt and Katie is sort of the opposite, right? Like Katie is a woman, and so Walt's trying to protect her and shield her from everything um, because he doesn't want her to go through the pain he's gone through. So Yeah, and it's interesting because it also reveals how flawed of a hero Walt
0: is because she has to go through this pain twice now. Right, as a result of that, you know, and that's that's what I think is is just an interesting from a human perspective, the impulse to protect, but really, you're not being honest, and you're not giving someone the opportunity to process or or even the respect that they're strong enough to deal with that absolutely um, so, so yeah, falling into these. Stereotypes of you're the I'm the dad and you're my daughter and I have to protect you. She seems like a tough cookie. <laughs> she's she's <laughs> been a tough cookie the whole this whole series thus far. And that reveal was like, oof, that was not a good call, Walt. And maybe, you know, I think there's this other component that whatever went down wasn't exactly street legal. So maybe she couldn't know about it. <laughs> you know, out of her own yeah. there was another kind of protection perhaps going on. Um that I could right just thought of now maybe that maybe it was another reason why he felt like he couldn't tell her, but, um, I don't know that for sure. But overall I do know, like I felt for her in that scene. It really felt like she had just lost her mom. Mm-hmm. Like again, in a weird way. Um, and I've only seen her in one other thing and it's, it is on my list. So I'm not going to mention what it is, but it's a comedy. So that like to see her in this role, um, this is kind of far earlier in her career. And it, 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 uh, I was really impressed. I was just really impressed that it was the same actress. It's like, oh my gosh, she's really yeah. great. And this is, I think, great casting
1: kind of across the board on the show. Yeah. Really, really great. And I like how they have a mix of familiar faces. Um, you know, a couple like, you know, Lou Diamond Phillips, obviously already long since bona fide, huge star. And then, Katie Sackoff, who you know, her fame is almost solely from sci-fi, um, Battlestar Galactica and others. Oh yeah, and I don't know her. I don't. I never really watched that, so I didn't know. I'm coming into this not knowing her at all. Which right, is cool. which is yeah, which is cool. And to put um, yeah, you know, a lot of we talked about this um, a little bit in our sci-fi. Uh, show Dark Matter, right? Like mm. these interesting influences from Asian uh, sort of kung fu, Asian martial arts to Wild West. And we did briefly talk about that um, because the whole Firefly, you know, Joss Whedon, that whole series is mm-hmm. very Wild West inspired. So it's fascinating to take Katie Sackhoff. From this sci-fi paradigm, um, and I am, you know, familiar with her from several shows, and see her in this and in this role, and I think, whereas some of the other characters are great, and maybe you've never seen the guy who plays Walt Longmire before in your life. I certainly hadn't, and yeah. you know, if I had, I didn't know, didn't recognize him, right? And even Branch, some great actors you know in this that never seen before even katie i don't know i sort of recognize her but certainly this is the biggest role that i'd ever seen her in and then Vic or katie sackhoff just in a totally different setting to where i almost didn't recognize her as her and then her character has and of course we don't know anything still really about her backstory but we know she's run from something in philly and she's dyed her hair blonde so in a way she's sort of disguised and hiding and it's very subtle so i won't you know say any more to reveal anything for people yeah i mean all i picked up was watching. That
0: the party line was that she had to move for her husband's work right and he works and travels, and then he's thinking about moving again. But it, the, I again, I like I like how they plant things in this show and give you give it some time to like think on it. So yeah. like they just show her waking up at the in the in the jail cell, like she slept there overnight. Then they don't revisit that until you know, or visit her personal situation until much longer after that. So I, mm-hmm. I just I think that that's really cool. Um I like I liked you know Longmire's little love interest and and that and sort of the innocence of it, and also like the weird dynamic between Vic and her and just this protection yeah, over that's protection of,
1: of Walt Walt in a mm-hmm. way that yeah, you know, yeah, that scene where Vic asks her what her intentions are, and then she turns around. She asks yeah. Vic, and that's some, you know, obvious foreshadowing to some degree, right? Like, um, what is going to come of Walt and this sort of broken man who won't even, you know, finish his front steps? He's so like stuck in grief. Who's starting to awaken, and now there's actually people who care about him, right? And that's what's really clear. Um, from this first season is even branch really cares about him right like Mm. there's all those moments with his dad where you know his dad's basically like i gave you this and you didn't use it and he's like i could learn a few things from him still you know like
0: yeah i mean that scene was really fascinating and just like the pressure on him how it all and then how it all culminated in him kind of, like, being in the doghouse because of his relationship with Katie, but then ultimately to, you know, the physical altercation in the finale of season right. one. Um, and he's feeling like Branch is being pushed in all these different directions, you know, and he's not really able to do, like, what he wants to do. And then... The fight, and especially kind of like the cheaper shot or the cheap shot, I think, that Branch sort of made in the altercation, sort of like out of this frustration, in a sense, Mm -hmm. he can't just like be his own man. I liked his sort of realization, like there's things I could learn from Walt, and then immediately it's just this dark arm of it's this family but it's almost like society you know and it was I feel like there was a larger metaphor there of like pressure you know societal pressures and family pressures and you know yeah. this notion of politics and money and you know it was just all very heavy um but i in a lot of ways like you know there's a number of things that could have happened so that that fight would have seemed like cheap and overdramatic at the end, but have going so deeply into Branch's backstory and then in introducing this mega kind of evil father character who had a couple really rich scenes with Walt too, you know, that, that he was sort of like tied into that one crime, that one murder because of yeah. his affair and just, You know, he that actor is like the classic rich bad guy. Like he's played the (laughs) rich bad guy in, in just so many things I can't even count. And I don't know, I just thought that that lended itself. Even Branch, like the actor, like he's so handsome. I don't really want to like him. And like the way the character's kind of positioned in the show, like you don't really want to like him, but like you do. Like he's really like trying and he has a good moral compass. Yeah. And he is kind of like Walt in that he wants to do the right thing. They are aligned in like so many ways.
1: Yeah. And he's um, truly in awe of Walt at times. Like he, mm-hmm. you know, that scene we were referring to with his dad, you can just see, he's like, he, dude, he fucking, he saved these people's lives. Like he, yeah. you're not listening. You know, like he, this guy's an amazing sheriff. Like he is, uh, Truly, truly, you know, in awe at times. And rightfully so, right? You know, they position, you know, back to sort of the, the show's format. Like, they really do position Wall as, um, you know, we touched briefly before about sort of the spiritual, the animals. He's very learned. He's very wise. He's so good with people. He knows about Mennonites. He knows everything he needs to know about, you know, Native Americans, the res, customs, specific tribes. Like, he is that sage, you know, wise, um, you know, sort of veteran that we want. And then he has this, like, charm, this sort of big cowboy mystical charm to him right um and they do a great job of you know showing this very flawed hero i mean now the culmination you know of season one and the face-off with the detective where he asks yeah. him to his face you know charles you- dutton i mean that oh. scene was so great talking oh. about
0: two great actors in a scene and so good. how he just kind of i gotta just come right out and ask you, you know? did you did you murder your wife's killer in cold blood? Like it was <laughs> chilling, you know, or like in this bar, you just didn't think he was going to come At out. The red it. pony. Yeah. Yeah. You know,
1: he's got a, a Rainier waiting and yeah. Amazing. Chili, chili cheeseburger. And the- amazing. And, um, so I think, you know, as the first season really like, you know, comes to almost a fever pitch and, Um, we have some definite cliffhangers, some big reveals, we have the fight, we have the impending election, we have the final sort of mini caper story within the story, right, is really impactful. Um, and so we certainly have a really good setup and as you were saying, it'd be really easy to just press play on season two episode one Yeah, i did <laughs> i know i did everyone a favor by not doing that you but know i, I want to revisit <laughs> yeah maybe <laughs> um, we, one show we'll do that and just see <laughs> sure mm.
0: um, i did want to revisit because you brought this up a couple times around the spiritual element of the show the connection to animals and nature um, and there was that I don't know if it was the 4th episode or 5th but the episode with the bear mm-hmm. there was episode with horses there was there was a lot of representation of animals um yep. that were actually like part of the major plot of the episode check that right out. Yeah. uh really interesting and and those ones are really cool
1: yeah and there is i think you know what you're pointing to like there's a through those um a real like you show they show walt really like his humanity comes out through this so they show like how in tune he is with all creatures and the yeah like the end of the horse episode right like the burned horse and um the sort of, like, crux or reveal of the bear episode, right? Which is that a bear wouldn't do this. Like, this bear was baited. Um, It feels almost like Walt is, like, an animal rights activist in a sheriff's body, too. Like, he's not only is there this spiritual, like, connection, but everything you learn about animals and animals in that space, there's this, like, clear you know line between hunting animals or protecting animals between um because the place is so wild um this you know man meets beast sort of frontier setting and i think that's something that could get you know lost kind of in the shuffle is that not only does walt have this like really clear and strong connection to animals but he's like he's an animal lover and like today, you know, you could almost deem him like an animal rights, you know, guy. Like he's everything, Mm -hmm. you know, is a, is about like respect and living in harmony with other creatures. And then of course they go that sort of one level deeper. We talked about a little bit before with like seeing the owl before someone dies um, Mm. in that, Was that first or second episode? Um, So I think they're everything, including the animals, like that's all so rich and intentional and just once again, really great, great storytelling on every level of this show. Yeah, it's really cool. You know, so if you compare it
0: to like, you know, your run of the mill detective crime. Procedural and you know any of the the New York ones? Like it's they don't they don't you know there's the city or the the way in which the technology is sort of an element to those those crime solving shows. And yeah. this one really goes deeper. And yeah, it, it is it is rich and it's fascinating. I think the experience for me as a viewer was far more just engaged and locked in. And there were a few that I watched. I was watching these in the evening after a long day. And I was pretty tired and I found myself kind of like nodding off. And and uh, then something would happen in the episode and I found myself like completely locked in and like not really that tired at all. And then <laughs> finished the episode and fell asleep. So it was just it, it incredibly engaging and just the execution... Uh, is really really well done. Truly, yeah. Um, the the just to highlight, you know, we talked about the actors, like the mm-hmm. even the guest stars. You know, we mentioned the mm. father, but I can go back through a bunch of episodes, and there were these actors that are so good that were on this show, and just for one episode, the the horse doctor was mm. the actors on Better Call Saul. Um, there's uh, the warden character. He would, he's kind of an old Hollywood movie. He was in like an LA confidential. There's just like a bunch of these sort of veteran, interesting, hardworking actors. And they give great turns in these little, just what you call mini capers, but just these one episode guest star appearance. And they have, are hiding something, there's something going on and then it gets kind of revealed at the end. Um, yeah. So, yeah, all around, I mean, great choice and exciting show. And I think it works better not knowing who this actor is playing, Walt Longmire. Mm. Previously, I, I would imagine he was like a journeyman actor, did a million things we just didn't know too much about. Probably did one big thing that, you know, was niche or in some sort of form, and then, you know, was the perfect guy for this. But yeah, I think. Uh, I like I like a flawed
1: hero, and he's he's up there <laughs> yeah, and man, we uh, really just are starting to understand, right this deep, deep, dark story that is literally scarred into his back. Um, yeah, and I want to ask you
0: this because it's sure. not like a reveal of like the story or anything, but what, the one thing I did notice technically from season one. And sometimes this happens with Netflix where a show gets made and maybe Netflix like acquires it. So they don't necessarily make like the first season or two because there were these act breaks where it seemed like it was going to go to commercial. Mm. And I was curious, I was like, Oh, maybe this was actually made for like, you know, whatever the history channel or whatever, you know, some channel. And then Netflix just gobbled it up. So does, as it continues to go, I'm curious in watching it if that, Technical format kind of shifts at, that it's like a fully Netflix produced show. So it's not as like kind of act breaky commercial
1: mm. moments. That's a good question, which I don't know the answer to <laughs> because it was noticeable enough to me that
0: I was like, mm-hmm. oh, this would be a commercial break.
1: Right. But uh, um, no, I don't remember, you know, when I encountered it, if. I sort of knew, but um, my memory is that I just you know started watching it, and prior to us uh, starting this podcast, you know, I was not as attuned to things like <laughs> sure, yeah, uh, you probably like act formats or uh, but me. there's <laughs> certainly shows like Dark Matter. Um, the commercial breaks are so obvious and um, so clearly timed. Like that's a show where it's impossible not to mention. But over the course of I think what is Longmire six? It's five or six seasons. Six, yeah. I believe. Over the course of the six seasons, it shifts, but I don't. I don't remember exactly when and how. I want to say that it started as an AMC produced show, but maybe that's just a guess because it feels AMC. So um, no, I think I think you're right. I think, I think actually, then, yeah, I think it was. So, it's, maybe. so yeah. at
0: times in this, cause this in particular Netflix, this yeah. happened quite a bit where like, I think with like, uh, was it Kimmy Schmidt,
1: mm-hmm. um,
0: Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, the unbreakable Kimmy. Schmidt that started like on NBC and then NBC was like, all right, we're going to cancel this. And then it got revived or Netflix took it over. So I think yep. I'm interested to see that, I have a feeling that that's the case for Longmire, and I'm interested to see when it sh- when the shift is, whether it's after season two or whatever, right? Um, and then how that affects it, kind of technically and storytelling wise, and the flow of the actual episode. So that's one of the reasons why I'm interested to keep watching this. Mm-hmm. Long story short, I want to yeah. keep watching it and see if the production value kind of improves or the flow of the actual episodes, you know, kind of like. I'll uh, go to another level when it makes that, when it makes that big shift.
1: Yeah, well, we will definitely um, we can look up, you know, a little more history on how it started. And you know, Steve, if you keep watching, maybe we'll come back for a little bonus and talk a little more about this show with a friend of ours who actually was involved in the later seasons, right? Oh, that would be cool. So, you know, we won't won't promise anything, but this is a
0: well, show. We could do like an
1: entire series re- recap maybe as a bonus. I think this would be a great show to try. Um, and maybe Steve won't make it all the way through because, you know, this show as success. a podcast <laughs> is also about sometimes not wanting to watch the whole show. So we'll see how far Steve gets, but maybe... This is something we could come back have a little bonus on. Yeah, and so you've seen all you've seen all the seasons. I oh, have. You kept going? I have. Oh, wow. Yeah, I kept going, and you know, by the time I got onto it, it was um, maybe not quite done, but there were en- I was like enough seasons behind that I never had to stop to wait for new episodes or seasons. So it was pretty, uh, pretty, yeah, pretty fun. I do like that finding
0: a show that's going, but you haven't started it yet, and then you catch up to then like new episodes are coming out and you're sort of you've caught up to everybody. Oh, and you're yeah. in the
1: you're in the mix. I think I like almost sort of did that with like the final season, maybe. And yeah, so I've seen all six and six is a lot. We also, Steve, you know, we talked before about maybe sometimes switching it up and doing a second season. I know there's a couple of shows, if not most of the shows, you know, we watched of second seasons, but a couple of them have new second seasons or newer. So maybe we'll just, you know, throw some more cards on the table as we go forward. And I think also it's a good time to tell our listeners that uh, as it is the holiday season now, we're gonna take another little break Right now, after this episode, and we're gonna take the holiday season to watch some new shows, to do some things for ourselves, and uh, come back in the new year. So, enjoy
0: the holidays, and we hope friends, all our friends out there, we hope you all have a wonderful holiday season, whatever you're celebrating. Enjoy your time with your family. It's been an intense couple years, mm-hmm. I think. It'd be great for everyone to just. Enjoy your time together and 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 just have a wonderful holiday season. And we look forward to
1: connecting with y'all in the new year. Indeed. So keep watching Longmire or maybe pick up a second season of Dairy Girls or Dark Matter, one of the other shows that we watched earlier. Yeah. And- Dairy Girls
0: just dropped season three and it's done. It's the it totally ends.
1: Boom. And it's a so. cool finish. It
0: would actually be kind of cool to go back and revisit that. Those were
1: so quick. Right. So we'll, we'll leave you with some, uh, some good suggestions for the holidays. And, of course, holidays are also a great time to watch movies, you know, mm. uh, family movies, fun classics. I love the movies that get lumped into holiday movies just because they take place during the holidays, even though they're not really holiday movies like Die Hard. Oh, yeah. Eli, have
0: you seen any good movies lately?
1: Ooh, that is a great question. You know, as far as new movies, I actually haven't been to the theaters in quite some time. You know, with COVID and everything, haven't been to the movie theaters as much. Um, I was able to catch a few new things, you know, on streaming, 'Cause a lot of stuff was released to Disney Plus or HBO. Um, so was able to catch, you know, new Wes Anderson. Actually, you know, really two have dropped, I think, in the last year. Yeah, eight, I know. I haven't seen years. either. I haven't um, seen either of them. Yeah. So um, what else? Nothing else super recently though. It's been a lot of uh, shows and uh, and just working. How about you, Stu? Uh, Well, I did make it to the movie theater recently to see the
0: new Steven Spielberg movie, The Fablemans, which is actually his autobiographical film that I highly uh, recommend. It's very, very, it was much more kind of powerful than I was anticipating, but he co wrote it
1: Mm. with Tony Kushner, and it's a really, really great film. Very cool. Well, this has been great. And thanks for listening to another awesome episode of Shows with Friends. This is episode 45, Steve. Wow. Wow. Pretty cool. So have a happy holidays to everyone. And we'll be back in the new year. Bye, friends. Bye, friends. Hello, friends, and thanks for listening. We just wanted to take a quick moment and let you know that we are really excited to be a part of a growing podcast network. It's called Connected Podcasts. And there are many other great shows on the network that we think you are going to enjoy. That's Connected, C-O-N-N-E-C-T-D, podcasts.com. Thanks for listening.